Well, good morning. God is good. And all the time. Amen. If you were here Wednesday night, you heard me share that it is so hot outside that I'm going to wear my summer attire. So I have taken my jacket off so that I'm not dripping wet by the time we're finished on Sunday morning. So I hope that's okay for everybody. It is a joy to not be wearing my jacket right now. Praise the Lord. Well, I just want to share with you a few announcements that we have. Our Zambia team is leaving in a week, and uh, you can put a card in the box today. It's due today, uh, an encouragement card for the team or individuals on the team, just sharing with them how you're praying for them. It's going to mean a lot when they get there and they have uh, jet lag and they're trying to, to walk through all of that. Just if you want to write a card of encouragement, please put that in the mailbox at the go table. Deadline is today. Also, uh, we have our Israel trip coming up in 2023. Uh, We're going to have a meeting right afterwards today for those who are interested. We had a meeting on Wednesday night for those who were interested. We have a lot of people that are interested. So I'd love to share with you some more of the information today if you did not get to make it on Wednesday night. Also, we have a night of worship coming up uh, at Moffat Road Baptist Church in Luke 4.18. We are combining together for a night of worship on June 5th at 6 p.m. at Moffat Road Baptist Church. You may remember they came here. We sang together. We sang the Psalms. And uh, so now we're going to be going to Moffat Road and we're going to be joining up with them together. Love for you to come and be a part of that June 5th at 6 p.m. And then... I have one uh, kind of major announcement here. We announced it Wednesday night, so many of you may know this. But during the summer, uh, we will not have food on Wednesday night. I know that that's sad, and, and a lot of people have shared with me that, that they really want food. But we get our food from Cottage Hill Baptist Church, and they're not having food during the summer, which means we're not having food during the summer. Now, we have decided as a leadership team to make a schedule change for the summer just to see how things Go And so this summer, June 1st and July, uh, starts on June 1st, but June and July, we will meet for the teaching time in the fellowship hall. So you'll come to the fellowship hall, we'll meet in there, we'll be teaching around tables, kind of like we did uh, at, at, off of Schillinger's Road back at the beginning of Luke 4.18. Um, it will be live streamed, you'll still be able to watch that, all that's set up. Aaron and the team have done a great job preparing that. But while we are teaching, choir will be practicing in here at the same time at 6 o'clock on Wednesday nights, which means y'all get to leave early. I know. So the choir will be practicing at 6 o'clock. We'll be meeting at 6 o'clock. And that means youth, children, choir, and adults will all be done at 7.15 together. Now, if you're in the choir and you're going to miss the teaching time on Wednesday night, Praise the Lord. It will be on YouTube. It will be on Facebook Live. It will be on live stream. Um, There are many opportunities and ways that you can catch that on Wednesday night. Aaron's practice will not be on Wednesday night live streamed, as many have told me they don't want that live stream. So, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we begin this morning. Father, you are so good, and we praise your holy name. Father, what a joy to come into this place with brothers and sisters in Christ to come to worship together you. Father, I pray as it says, who can ascend the hill of the Lord, but he has clean hands and a pure heart. Father, the scripture tells us you look to and fro for those whose hearts are completely yours. I pray today, Father, that you would find us with clean hands and a pure heart. If there's any distractions, anything that is holding us back today, may we lay it down before your throne. Thank you for your forgiveness, your mercy, and your grace. Father, we recognize that this is all about you. We want to glorify your name today. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we give you all glory. For it's in your name we pray, the name above all names, the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. We're so glad that you chose to worship with us this morning. We're very excited about those two announcements. Uh, our schedule change will, will allow uh, anybody that wants you to be in the choir. You say, there's, there's a, not a whole lot of chairs up there. We'll make more chairs, okay? We'll get more chairs up there. Uh, if you play an instrument, we'd love to, to get you up there. If you'd like to play an instrument, uh, we'll, we'll get you up there, all right? Uh, it's about the heart. Amen. And as far as going to Moffitt Road Baptist Church, uh, we sang the Psalms last year, but now we're going to be talking about living the Christian life. Uh, There's a song there that says that we're almost home, that we're all going on this way together. But because of the victory that we have in Christ, we know the end of the story. Amen? Let's stand together. Why don't you welcome somebody around you, and we will sing of the victory we have in Christ. I heard an old, old story. How a Savior came from glory, how He gave His life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about His groaning, of His precious blood atoned. Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. Sing it out. sacrifice we can put all of our trust in Christ if he's all we had it'd be all we needed he's blessed us over and abundantly more so that we can live this Christian life together let's sing this in Christ alone my hope is found he is my life my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground through the fiercest round and storm, what heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still, when strife cease, my comforter, amen, by all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. alone who took on flesh fullness of God in helpless made this gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save. Sing this out till on that cross as Jesus died the wrath of God was satisfied On him was laid, here in the death of Christ I live. You give us life, you give us love, 
so abundantly, Lord. There in the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever stop me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of I'll tell you this, okay? I was working through that key change and I misspoke. I said that we have no guilt and that's true, right? Because it's been forgiven. I said we'll have no pain. Guess what? Life's painful, okay? But guess what? Well, there will be a day when there will be no more pain and no more crying and no more tears because He took the cross for us. He took the pain. He bore the wrath and we can stand in Him. Because of His blood, we are saved. He's given us this promise. We're in the palm of his hand. Let's sing about his sacrifice. Oh, the blood, crimson love, price of life's demand. Shameful sin placed on him. Yes, the whole of every man oh the blood of Jesus washes me oh the blood of Jesus shed for me what a sacrifice that saved my life yes the blood Love, it is my big 
thank you for songs like that. That we can center ourselves around and just say it is well with our soul. We pray that no matter what happens to us, no matter what people think of us or say about us or do to us, Lord, that we know that we have a Father that loves us more than we could ever imagine, Lord. Show us your grace and your mercy that we can give out to others, Lord. We pray that we would follow the example of Daniel and his faithfulness, Lord. That we would take our belief out of uh, the mind and, and with our whole heart love you and love those around us. We pray that we would put belief into action by faith. We pray that we would get to know you a little bit more each day. That we would grow in you together as the body of Christ. That we would go in you, Lord. And as we have a trip to Zambia right there upon us, we pray blessing over those that will go as we commission them next week. Lord, we pray that you would uh, just show us where you would have good works for us to do and we will do them. Because we believe you and we trust you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
and I hope you do. Open up to Daniel chapter 6. As I told you last week, this is one of the most familiar passages, if not the most familiar passage in the Bible. Today we're going to finish up Daniel 6. We took a few, uh, looked at a few things from Daniel 6 verse 1 through 9, and today we're going to go verse 10 to the end. But before we do, uh, just a moment ago, Brother Herb came and shared with me to be praying for his wife, Pam, as she is, uh, for her kidneys to start back working. And inst- instead of doing that at the end where I could forget, I want to do it right now. But I also want to do this. If you're in this place today and there is something that you need prayer from the church, the body of Christ, would you just simply stand where you are? Church, people that you see standing around, would you reach your hands towards them? And can we pray for them? As we specifically pray for Pam and all those situations here, let's pray. Father, I thank you, first and foremost, for your agape, unconditional love for us. Father, that we can say it is well with my soul no matter what I walk through in this world. For your son has paid the price on the cross for each of us. Father, I pray right now for Pam Fisher, Lord. I pray that you would at this time touch her kidneys, oh God. Father, that they would... Uh, restart, or Lord, that they would be operating as you designed and created them to be. Father, I thank you for Herb reaching out even as we sing, as the scripture says, to call upon the elders of the church and to pray. And Father, as you have put on my heart that there are many in this room that are crying out to you for circumstances and situations in their life. Father, I pray that you would meet each one right where they are. May they know and sense that your presence is with them. And that if it's a loved one in the hospital or sick, may they know that they are in the best hands they can be in, for they are in your hands. Father, I pray for those who are standing, that you would give them the shalom, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding to guard their heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray right now, that the body of Christ would see those that are standing and that it would not just be in this moment that we pray, but that we would continue to pray for our brothers and sisters. Oh, Father, we are thankful that we can come to you because the veil has been torn from top to bottom by the blood of your Son. It says that we can confidently come before you, not in our confidence, but in the confidence of your Son. And so, Father, we lay all this before you. Father, as we open your scripture today, we recognize, Father, that only your word will stand forever. So, Father, may it be your word that is proclaimed today. Put me on the front row and let me just hear what you are speaking today. Holy Spirit, illuminate the pages that we may hear and understand what you are speaking. And may we place this into our lives. Now, Father, may you be glorified today. In all that's said and done. In your precious and holy name. The name above all names. The name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well somebody told me the other day. That we've been in Daniel for a long time. But that's not true. We've only been in Daniel for about three and a half months. We took six weeks off for Resurrection Sunday. And for our missions 
Emphasis Week and also for Mother's Day. And last week we got back into Daniel. Now let me just give you another uh, reminder. We're going to finish Daniel 6 today. Then we're getting into Daniel 7 through 12, which is a lot of prophecy. Some people are excited that we're going to spend all this time in this 7 through 12. But the reality of it is, is that we're going to move very fast through 7 through 12. And the reason is, as I've shared before, is that 7 through 12, we need to get the overarching theme that God is speaking. We don't need to get lost in the details trying to figure out what every little thing means, but we need to see what God is speaking to us today. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10 to the end is one of my favorite stories. I know I tell you all the time it's my favorite passage, but this really is one of my favorite stories. We pick up in verse 10 and we'll read to the end. Now, when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered the house. Now, in his roof chambers, he had a window open towards Jerusalem. And he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God, as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and supplication before his God. Then they approached and spoke before the king about the king's injunction. Did you not sign an injunction that any man who makes a petition to any god or man besides you, O king, for 30 days is to be cast into the lion's den? The king replied, The statement is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. Then they answered and spoke before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, Pays no attention to you, O king, or to the injunction which you signed, but keeps making petition three times a day. As soon as the king heard this statement, he was deeply distressed and set his mind on delivering Daniel. And even until sunset, he kept exerting himself to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Recognize, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or statue which the king establishes may be changed. Then the king gave orders and Daniel was brought in and cast in the lion's den. The king spoke to Daniel and hear what the king said to Daniel. Your God, whom you constantly serve, will himself deliver you. A stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring. And with the signet rings of his nobles, so that nobody would be charged in regard to Daniel. I mean, nothing would be changed in regard to Daniel. Then the king went off to his palace and spent the night fasting. And no entertainment was brought before him, and his sweat fled from him. Then the king arose at dawn and at the break of day and went in haste to the lion's den. When he had come near to the den, he cried out with, troubled, with a troubled voice. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke to the king. O king, live forever. My God sent his angel. Shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me. Inasmuch as I have found Innocent before him and also towards you, O king, I have committed no crime. Then the king was very pleased and gave orders for Daniel to be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury was whatever was found on him because he had trusted in his God. The king then gave orders and they brought those men who had maliciously accused Daniel and they cast them and their children and their wives into the lion's den. And they had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then Darius the king wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language whom were living in the land, May your peace abound. I make a decree that in all the dominion of my kingdom, men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and enduring forever. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. And his dominion will last forever, will be forever. He delivers and rescues and performs signs and wonders in in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? So Daniel enjoyed success in the reign of Darius, in the reign of Cyrus the Persians. Man, what a powerful story. 
It's incredible. We looked last week and we saw how Daniel lived a life devoted to God. Daniel served where he was, even in a pagan society. Some of you may say, David, it's tough to serve people at my job because nobody there is a believer. Let me tell you, it was probably tough for Daniel in a pagan government to serve the king and others around. But Daniel served and served well, and as he did that, he rose above all those around. Why? Because he was living a life of integrity. He was living a life according to the precepts and laws and the word of God. He was living a life ultimately filled by the Spirit because it said that he had an extraordinary spirit within him. And then he was prepared for the, te- the attacks that would come his way. We saw last week the way that we prepare for the attacks is by being in God's word, by abiding, by dwelling, delighting in him. And that those will come. Daniel realized that the further that he went in in what they saw of him as in position, the more the attacks came. I shared with you even last week that it's a humbling thought as a pastor or people that are on uh, uh, the mission team or those who are on staff here at Luke 418 or those who are uh, missionaries abroad. At the further that God uses us in a position that people see, the more the enemy comes after to try to cause a stumble, a fall from that place of position where everybody would see it. But Daniel did not compromise. The first thing I want us to see in verse 10 and on is that there was no compromise in Daniel. Now, Daniel's a real person. Sometimes we read this and and we read Daniel and David and, and Moses and we start to kind of create this image of somebody who's not real. But Daniel's a real person. Daniel has served the Lord and his life is now threatened. But he could have easily said, you know, what's 30 days? You know, I've been serving the Lord for all this time. He could have justified in his mind with the temptation that I'm sure came over him as a human being. Well, you know, if I just lay low for 30 days, then after 30 days, you know, I'll live, and then I can go and and, and share longer with people. I'll live longer if I would just do this, just for 30 days. I mean, I could die. But if I just lay low, if I just compromise for 30 days, I'll be okay. But that wasn't Daniel. See, Daniel didn't compromise because his faith was not a religious faith. It wasn't about his religious works. It was about following God's law. And see, if it was based on religious works, good works, he could have easily said, I've done enough good works that I'm okay for 30 days. But no, he said, it's not about my religion. It's not about my good works. It's about following holy God. It's about following his precepts. So why did Daniel not compromise? Because he had determined in his heart to follow God. He truly believed that God is who he says he is and that God will do that which he said he will do. Church, may I ask you today, if the law of the land changed and it became illegal today to worship or to pray to God with the punishment of death, how would you respond? Would there be a moment of compromise in our mind? Well, you know, like there's going to be a new government at some point. There'll be a new president. There'll be a new senate in a house in years to come. And so if I just wait this out, then I'll be okay. Or do we say, no, I serve God rather than man. But you know, you could sit there and you could think, well, you know, life and death is one thing. But, but we see this idea of being able to compromise all throughout our life. Students. Has it ever gone, the temptation over your mind that, you know, I'm at school and the person next to me makes A's and so they must have the right answer. And so if I just look this time, if I just look this time, it'd be okay. But are we not compromising God's holy law? If I just look this time, let me tell you, oftentimes when you look over there, you read the wrong thing and you put the wrong answer and you get it wrong. But what about at our workplace? 
The temptation to shortcut our job. The temptation to take the advantage of the expense count. Oh, nobody will know. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's only this one time. Is that not thoughts that the enemy will go and allow to to run through our head and our mind? Oh, it's just this one time. It's not going to hurt anybody else. But can I tell you that that is a lie from the enemy? And the truth is, is that God is always watching. God is always there. And he's looking, as the Old Testament says, to and fro throughout the earth, whose hearts are completely his. And it says that he upholds them with his mighty right arm. See, when we compromise in life, even on the little things that we consider little, we're ultimately saying that God's not enough. We're ultimately saying God can't provide in this instance or that I have a better way than God does. I have a better way. Let's just go back to school for a second. I've got a better way than disciplining myself for the purpose of godliness. Uh, I can just look at the person to my right or to my left. At work, well, I've got a better way than, than just walking as a man or a woman of integrity. And, and this is how you know, I, I can uh, get, get a little bit ahead in life. But see, when we do that, when we compromise in any area of our life, we're ultimately saying, I have a better way, an easier way than what God's way is for my life, what God's plan is for my life. We're saying, I can provide. I don't need God to provide in that moment. But Daniel, there was no compromise. There was no compromise. And because there was no compromise, I love this. One of the simplest points I can ever speak, nothing changed. Nothing changed. There was no compromise for Daniel. And the second thing that we see is that because he didn't compromise, nothing changed for Daniel. There was no change. Daniel, knowing what had been decreed, he went and did just as he had done every day. I love this. Let's go back and see in verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered the house and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before God. And and underline this if you feel comfortable in your Bible. I, I underline everywhere in here. As he had done previously. Nothing changed for Daniel. The law changed, but nothing changed for Daniel. His life was now threatened, but nothing changed for Daniel. Nothing changed because he said, I'm going to follow God's law. Daniel was consistent in his prayer and it didn't start on the day that the law was signed into place. Daniel gives us a great example here of a man devoted to prayer. Multiple times a day he would go and get on his knees and he would cry out to God. Many theologians believe that he would cry out different psalms as he was crying out to God for protection, as he was crying out to God to be used in that area of Babylon, now the Medo-Persians, that he would be used uh, and given the the ability to speak in the, the, the instances that he had the opportunity to share. Nothing changed. Daniel didn't wake up that day and say, you know what? I'm going to show the Medo-Persians. I'm going to show the government. I'm going to go get on my knees and pray. No. He was already doing it. He didn't wake up that day and said, you know what? They said I can't pray. I'm going to protest. No. He was already doing it. He was already praying. He didn't say, you know what, they told me I can't pray. So, you know, I'm going to go out into the city, in the center of the city, and I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to pray so that I can show them that I'm going to defy their law. No, he said, I'm going to continue to go right where I have been, and I'm going to continue to cry out to God. Nothing changed for Daniel Because he knew that there was a law greater than the Medo-Persians law. He knew that there was a law greater, an authority greater than King Darius. And he would honor and support King Darius until the king attempted to be over God. And at that point, he would say, I'm going to follow God rather than man. But church, we've got to hear how he did that. Remember, It wasn't, I'm going to show you government. It wasn't, I'm going to go out and make this big scene. He just continued serving 
God. Nothing changed for Daniel. Now, can I bring this extremely practical for a moment? Oftentimes I hear people very worried, and maybe I need to use the word concerned, but oftentimes I hear the people, people very worried and concerned about laws changing in America. If you don't believe me, I could show you emails. People are very concerned of how that's going to affect freedom, how that's going to affect our lives. People share with me how worried they are about what's going to happen if this person or that person becomes an elected official in our lives or or on the Senate or in Congress or president. And let me just be very clear. I don't want laws to be passed in our nation that are against God's holy word. And let me be very clear. I pray for godly men and women to be elected in positions of authority. But can I tell you, no matter who's elected, and no matter what laws are passed, nothing changes for me. Nothing changes. See, sometimes we act as if a law changing, or people being elected, or a culture changing is going to have some effect on Christianity, and it's going to change Christianity. It can't, church. Nothing changes after an election for a believer. Before the election, we're called to grow in Christ and go in Christ throughout the world. After the election, we're called still to grow in Christ and go in Christ throughout the world. Nothing changes when the laws in the land change. Before the laws are changed, we're called to grow in Christ and go in Christ throughout the world. When the laws change and they say, well, you can't pray, well, you can't share, you can't tell people you're a Christian, they start saying that that, that That is hate speech. Let me tell you, nothing changes because I have an authority above the authority in America and his name is Yahweh. His name is God. Church, nothing changes. See, God is our king and we follow God. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is unchanging. His word is unchanging. So though everything around us changes, nothing changes for believers. That should give you peace. That should give you joy. That should give you security. Church, our God will always be on the throne. No one, nothing can take him off the throne. See, Daniel... He didn't compromise. And nothing changed, though the law changed around him. He continued to serve God just like he had done, pretty much since he had been in Babylon, and even probably before then. But then we see this this idea that we've seen throughout the book of Daniel. And that is, is that God is our deliverer. God is our deliverer. Now, Daniel would have known that because, remember, he was taught as a young age. He, he came to Babylon as one who came out of Jerusalem that, that knew the word and, and, and was committed to walking in the ways of the Lord. He had heard and knew about how God delivered Noah and his family through the flood. He had heard and he knew about how God had delivered his people from Egypt. I still can't get over that. I mean, the Red Sea split in two, fire is leading, and, and, and all this, and then they get to Mount Sinai. I could go on and on and on about what happens in God's provision and manna falling. He is their deliverer. But Daniel knew that God had delivered his friends from the fiery furnace. Wait, I thought we put three in there. Oh no, there's four. Can I remind you what The king said in that moment, when the three were being thrown into the fiery furnace, and he said, and what God can save you from my hands? Well, he found out real quick. Yahweh, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the great I am. That's all back in chapter 2 and 3. Now we see Daniel saw 
that, that God had delivered them from even the, the eating the food that, that the king wanted them to eat. And they were stronger and wiser by, than all those around. He had seen God's deliverance. But let me show you something very interesting here. In verse 14 and 15, Daniel sees that no man and no government can deliver him. Look at what it says in verse 14. Then as soon as the king heard this statement, he was deeply distressed and set his mind on what? Delivering Daniel. The king was distressed. He said, man, I love Daniel. Daniel has been a man of integrity. He has uh, been just the, the, the star government official. Like, I want everybody to be like Daniel. And now I'm throwing Daniel in the lion's den? He did what, everything that he could. And it says in verse 14, it says, And even until sunset, he kept exerting himself to rescue him. Even until sunset, the king was saying, i got to figure out how I can deliver Daniel. And he couldn't do it. Daniel also saw that the government couldn't deliver him. Look in verse 15. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said, King, recognize, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians, Medes and Persians, that no injunction or statue which the king established may be changed. Wow. Daniel saw real quickly. But Daniel knew. He had seen God's hand and deliverance even in his own life. And he knew that man couldn't deliver him. He knew the government couldn't deliver him. But he knew that God was his deliverer. But when the king recognized that he couldn't deliver him, and when the king recognized that the government statues wouldn't let him deliver him, this is what the king says, a profound statement in verse 16. He said, The king spoke and said to Daniel, Your God, whom you constantly serve, will himself deliver you. Wow. Church, we know the story. Your God, whom you serve, will deliver you. The living God places them in the lion's den. Let me just remind you from from just reading uh, historical views on all of this. Whenever you were thrown into the lion's den, those lions didn't get to eat for a little bit of time. So they would have been hungry. And you know what happens when a lion's hungry and a person falls into the pit? It's not a good day for that person. So the king calls for him to be put in overnight. They shut the, the opening. They put a stamp upon it. But let me tell you, the king, the government, and even these crooked officials don't have the authority to take Daniel's life. Only God. And God delivers Daniel. He sends an angel to shut the mouth of the lions. And you know, it's interesting, throughout the book of Daniel, oftentimes the king couldn't sleep, right? So we saw where the king had this, this vision, this, this dream, and then he was restless, right? And then now we see that King Darius can't sleep throughout the night because he's concerned for Daniel. But Daniel's in the midst of the lion's den, and let me tell you, he got great sleep. Now you may disagree with me, and I don't know for sure that Daniel was just resting but when you see an angel come down and shut the mouth of a lion, I think I would sit there and say, okay, Lord, you got it. Daniel, walking with the Lord, gets sleep in the midst of a hungry lion's den when the kings who thought they had everything were restless. I think there's a huge point there, church. You're not going to find rest until you know the Prince of Peace. You try to do this on your own, and in your own strength and what you have, you're going to find restless nights. But when you say God is in control and God is my deliverer and God has a plan for me, I can rest at night. Even when circumstances around me feel like hungry lions looking at me. And I can say, I know that God will shut those mouths of those lions. God delivers Daniel now let me be very careful to say that God could have also delivered Daniel by allowing him to breathe his last breath. We sing a song just a minute ago that said, it is well with my soul. And in verse 1, it says it's well with my soul, though I walk through difficult times in life, right? The author even was pinning that out because he had lost everything, his family. And he said, even in this world, it is well with my soul because of what Christ has done. 
But in verse 4, it says it's well with my soul when I stand before the throne of God. Why? Because God is our deliverer. God's our deliverer. God has delivered us, church. See, Daniel could not deliver himself, and he didn't attempt to. We know that because he didn't compromise, and he continued to do what he had always done. The king could not deliver Daniel. Only Yahweh, God, is the one who delivers. And you know that each of us need to be delivered. The scripture tells us that we're all born into sin, separated from holy God, enslaved to the enemy. And for those who may not have studied the word of God, let me tell you who the enemy is. It's Satan. Living in the flesh. And hell is our future. But God is a deliverer. God delivers by sending his son Jesus to deliver us from the wages and the bondage of sin. Listen, the wages of sin is death. All of us deserve death. All of us deserve hell for all eternity. But God is a God who delivers. And he delivered us, those who are in Christ, born again, bond servants of Christ. He delivered us by sending his son to pay the price that we deserved. Jesus didn't deliver us by shutting the mouth of the lions. He delivered us by dying on the cross. And praise God, three days later, he rose to life. He purchased us back by his blood from the enemy. I can't help but think that there are many people in the room today who are just like King Darius, looking in every direction for a way to be delivered from sin. Some of us think, well, if I just am a good person, then I'll be delivered from sin. I'll be okay. Some of us in this room say, well, if I'm just a religious person, name on a roll at a church, or, or I give a little bit here and there to the church, or to uh, religious organizations, I'll be Okay. Some of us look to deliverance from our sin by just being so busy we don't have to think about it. But as one friend of mine says, busyness is being under Satan's yoke. For some of us in this room, it may be that we have sought other religions in order to deliver us from sin. But all of these paths lead to destruction. All of these paths are man's best attempt to satisfy holy God. All of these paths are man's best attempt to uh, direct his own destiny. And they wind up, all of those paths wind up just as we see in verse 24. You remember the officials who thought, well, we'll put a plan together. We'll put a plan together. We'll figure out a way to get rid of Daniel. We'll put a plan together of how we're going to promote ourselves and build our destiny. But in verse 24, it says, The king then gave orders that they, be, that they brought those men who had maliciously accused Daniel, and they cast their children, their wives, into the lion's den. You want to know how hungry the lions were? And they had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed them. Church, to those that are here today who do not know Christ as Lord and Savior and have looked for delivery from sin from all other directions in life, I pray that you would recognize that every other direction than Jesus Christ will lead just as these crooked officials in Daniel 6 to death. To death. When you attempt in your own power and in your own strength to, to satisfy holy God, you will hear, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. I pray today that if you're in this room and you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you would have the cry of Darius. And Darius's cry was this, I've exhausted all my options. 
I've looked to try to save Daniel. I've looked into the governmental ways of things, and I have found that nothing will work. And so I'm going to say, may the God of Daniel deliver you. I pray today that you would have that cry in your heart. I've looked everywhere. And now I see there's only one way. It's through Jesus. It's through Yahweh. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. God is still the God today who delivers. And today he offers that deliverance to you if you would surrender your life under the Lordship of Christ. Receive the forgiveness of your sins that was purchased through Jesus upon the cross. But church, there's a very applicable moment here for us. You may say, David, I'm a believer in Christ. I've been delivered. Praise God you've been delivered. But to those who are in Christ, born again of God, we have been delivered from the wages of sin, but God is delivering us from the temptation or the power of sin every day. He is delivering us from the trials and the circumstances, and our life must be a reflection of a God who delivers. Let me just show you very quickly. In chapter 6, the king cried out, said, Daniel, are you okay? But this is what he says. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, this is verse 20, been able to deliver you from the lions? The same one that the night before said, I've exhausted all avenues. And he says, Daniel, your God will deliver you. Now, the next morning, he comes out and he goes, hey, was he able to? Did did he deliver you? See, he had it in his head the night before, and he was trying to get it down in his heart where he truly believed it. But Daniel, who's in Christ, Daniel who has an extraordinary spirit, of what I believe is a Holy Spirit of promise in him, Daniel is delivered, and because he walked through this whole path, now King Darius gets to see the reflection of God, the God who delivers. He now gets to see that God truly does deliver. Church, do you realize that our life is a reflection to this world? That God is a God who delivers. By the way that we are delivered from temptation by His holy word. By the way that we can live a life of of godliness because of the Holy Spirit that uh, is in us, delivering us from the power of sin. Church, do we realize that the world is watching us to see if God really is a God who delivers? What does your life reflect? What does your life reflect? Does it reflect one that says, oh, the laws are changing, I'm going to go hide? Or does it reflect one that says, I'm going to continue doing the exact same thing that I was doing, and that was worshiping God, praying, and sharing the truth of who God is? Because even if the government comes against me, even if somebody turns against me, God is the God who delivers. And it will either be that I have life and continue forward on this earth, or He will deliver me to stand before Him for all eternity. And praise God, by the blood of the Lamb, I have been delivered. And I can stand there justified by Jesus Christ. Church, where are you today? There's one last thing that I want us to see very quickly. It'll take just a moment. And that's God's plan in all of this. God's plan. I believe there's two major things that are happening here. And one is that it was for Daniel's good. It was for Daniel's good. Brother Al shared in his message just a few weeks ago that God's will for our life is good and perfect. Romans chapter 12. What Daniel walked through was for his good, and I would even say not just for his good, but for the nation of Israel who's watching and seeing God deliver. Seeing the mighty hand of God, the power of God over this country that has them in exile. Do you think that if you were thrown into a Lion's den, 
and an angel shut their mouths and you were rescued from it, do you think your faith would grow just a little bit? Do you think you'd tell people? Church, let me be very clear here. We've been delivered from sin, which is a whole lot greater than being delivered from a lion's den. We need to tell people. But not just for Daniel's good and growing in his faith and even those around that are seeing this, but God's plan was for him to be glorified, for God to be glorified. When things happen in our life church and we're able to stand firm in the midst of it, and we're able to show the world that our God is the God who delivers, they don't look and say, wow, you're so strong. And they may say that, but, but ultimately they realize we can't do this, and we say, to God be the glory. It's all Him. It's all God. To God be the glory. God is glorified when His saints walk in, in, in faithfulness, trusting Him and Him alone, knowing that God is the one who does it. He provides all things. He's our protection. He's our salvation. He's our deliverer. And look, I'll close with this in verse 25 through 27. Look at what the king said. I make a decree that in all the dominion of my kingdom, men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and enduring forever. And his kingdom is the one which will not be destroyed and his dominion will be forever. He delivers and rescues and performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth who has also delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. This whole story points back to God being the hero, the main character of the book of Daniel. Daniel couldn't deliver himself. But God is a God who delivers. Church, I pray that we will recognize from this incredible passage in Daniel 6. There's no compromise. There's nothing changing. Because our trust and our faith is in an unchangeable God who is a deliverer. He has delivered us from the hands of the enemy. And one day he will deliver us as we stand before him. The power of sin will be removed and the presence of sin will be removed as we stand with him for all eternity.